Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about missing people in the Alaska Triangle. That's correct, missing people in the Alaska Triangle. Now, there are a lot of missing people in Alaska. I can tell you when I was there over 30 years ago, there was signs out. I was surprised at how many people uh, were unaccounted for had gone missing. Uh, one of the uh, locals up there told me that a big problem is uh, the way the land is there with the permafrost and that. There's all kinds of places where you might have quagmire or I guess what you'd even call quicksand. It's a very kind of loose earth. If you get off the track, he said, you can end up in one of these places. Before you know it, uh, you're buried in this stuff and that's the end of you. And he informed me that when people go missing, uh, they might look hard for a couple days, maybe a week or so. And after that, they're just kind of forgotten about. And that does seem to be the truth because there are an awful lot of people missing there. And people are also wondering if it's more than just the landscape or, you know, people falling off of cliffs or in ravines or, you know, having accidents. If there's not something more to it than that because of all the UFO sightings and the Bigfoot sightings and some of the other paranormal stuff that happens up there. Now, this triangle, of course, runs from Anchorage, clear up to Barrow, and then uh, makes a, on the bottom end over to Juneau. So you kind of have this long, slender triangle shape, and there's an awful lot of stuff going on in there as far as missing people and UFO reports and all that kind of stuff. Now, I want to get into it a little bit with this first article here from dailymail.co.uk. I'll put this over on the Buy Me A Coffee website. Um, you, you'll find links to anything that we uh, talk about in the podcast over there. Uh, always uh, thanks to the people that uh, donate over there at the program. It really helps. They support the program and, and the people that support on Spotify. Now, one other thing. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, which obviously you are, go ahead and hit the like or subscribe or follow button on whatever platform you're on. It doesn't cost anything. And if you think about it, go ahead and share the program. That really helps. Now, this article says, Mystery of Alaska Triangle, where 20,000 people have vanished. UFOs appear and Sasquatches have their run of the land. And it says the area between Juneau, Anchorage, and Barrow has a missing person rate twice the national average. Disappearances have been put down to Bigfoot, aliens, and electromagnetic activity, among others. I'm surprised that it's not even higher than that, to be honest with you. Now, the article is written by Beth and Sexton for DailyMail.com. It's dated September 25, 2023. It says, A sparsely populated area of Alaska, home to hundreds of UFO and Bigfoot-style sightings, has also seen 20,000 people disappear since 1970. I mean, that's a pretty good-sized town, if you stop and think about it. While many have heard of the Bermuda Triangle, a patch of ocean in the Caribbean known for mysterious airplane and boating disasters, the so-called Alaskan Triangle has managed to slip largely under the public radar despite having a missing persons rate more than double the national average. Located between Juneau and Anchorage, the small town of Barrow, the area is reportedly a hotbed of paranormal activity. Now, Beryl, if you look at the map, you'll find that that is way north and the very uh, tip of uh, Alaska up here along the Arctic Ocean. And kind of in the same general vicinity is where that last UFO was shot down back in February, as I recall. Uh, it says explanations for the strange phenomena have ranged from everything from alien activity to powerful electromagnetic fields in the area similar to those found in the Bermuda Triangle. Local legends refer to a Sasquatch creature terrorizing towns. This includes one settlement called Portluck on the southern edge of the Kenai Peninsula, which was abandoned in the 1950s after villages were, quote, attacked and killed 
by an unknown creature they call the Nantanuck. In recent years, however, the area has been the backdrop to thousands of unexplained vanishings. Despite being just 1% inhabited, Alaska has far and away the most missing people compared to any other state, with an average of 42.16 per 100,000, according to the World Population Review. The next highest state for missing persons is Arizona, with 12.28, double the national average of 6.5 people per 100,000. More recently, Shannon Oman, 43, disappeared while visiting a friend in Fairbanks on June 3, 2019. Oman had made arrangements to get a ride home with a friend, but never materialized or returned home. She left without any belongings or her dog, and her disappearance has perplexed authorities who searched for days using helicopters and canine units. Even experienced outdoorsmen are not safe. In 2011, mountain rescuer Gerald DeBerry, 43, went out with a group in the White Mountains about 70 miles north of Fairbanks to search for a missing woman, but never returned from the expedition. A year later, his ATV was discovered with the engine switched off, but no sign of its owner. So you got this guy, he's out there, an experienced outdoorsman. He's actually searching to try to find a, a lost person and ends up disappearing himself. How strange. Field researcher Ken Gerhard told the History Channel that the triangle could be a biovortice, a lozenge-shaped area with increased electromagnetic force. He said the theory is that these particular areas are supercharged with geoelectromagnetic energy and that abundance of electromagnetic energy results in some strange things. A new Discovery documentary has interviewed people with some of the most compelling paranormal experiences. They include Wes Smith, who saw very strange triangular objects flying without emitting any sound. He said it's like everything you've ever been taught has gone out the window, because how is that possible? UFO expert Debbie Ziglemar told the Daily Star that Alaska's sparse population makes it attractive to extraterrestrials. They can pretty much go where they want, said Debbie, who is a star team investigator from MUFON. That's the attraction of Alaska. Well, I can tell you, there are just miles and miles and miles of uninhabited, snow-covered mountains when you're flying over that state. It's just it's just remarkable. MUFON believes that aliens could be trying to spy on the military technology on display across the Alaskan Triangle and points to a rise in UFO sightings since World War II. You know, that could just be because there's more of us up there, too. Maybe these things have been there all along. One of the biggest disappearances was the loss of 44 military personnel aboard a Douglas C-54 Skymaster en route from Alaska to Montana. Despite one of the biggest joint search and rescue missions by Canadian and American authorities, no trace has ever been found. Meanwhile, cryptozoologist Cliff Brockman told the outlet that anything of any size could be hiding in the Alaskan wilderness. He said with so much fantastic habitat and so few people to compete with, Sasquatch basically have a run of Alaska. Well, he's got a point because you have so much uh, area up there where wild animals can inhabit it, the people just aren't around. Now, I want to take a look at this next article and get into this a little bit more. Now, the article talked about a place called Portlock, Alaska, and I found this article on alaskalegends.org. It says, True American Ghost Town Frozen in Time, Mysterious Disappearance of Portlock, Alaska. A haunting enigma nestled at the southern tip of the Kenai Peninsula. The abandoned ghost town of Portlock, also known as Port Chatham, carries a chilling history that continues to perplex and haunt those who dare to delve into its enigmatic past. The once thriving community surrounded by breathtaking landscapes 
has transformed into a place of fear and uncertainty due to a series of mysterious disappearances and unsettling occurrences. A dark history unveils the stories that surround Portluck and are steeped in local legends and chilling tales passed down through generations. According to the Supiak people, an ominous creature known as Natanak, often described as a massive, hairy humanoid with an otherworldly presence, is believed to have been responsible for the eerie happenings in the town. The origins of the mysterious figure are unclear, but its alleged involvement in a string of disappearances and gruesome murders has left an indelible mark on the history of Portluck. In the 1940s, Portluck witnessed a wave of terror that led its residents to flee their homes in haste. Reports of dismembered bodies and the discovery of mutilated remains in nearby rivers, lagoons, and trails triggered a mass exodus, leaving behind a town frozen in time. The community's fear of Natanak a creature that some like to liken to Sasquatch reached its peak, driving people to abandon their once beloved homes. The unexplainable phenomenon. As the war years drew to a close, those who remained steadfastly in Portluck recounted chilling stories of inexplicable phenomena. People vanished without a trace, leaving their families and friends in a state of perpetual uncertainty. At times, bodies would surface, showing signs of being brutally torn apart. The sinister atmosphere only deepened the air of dread that had settled over the town. By the 1950s, the streets that were once bustling with life had been deserted, the remnants of a community left in disarray. Brave hunters who ventured back into the forsaken town reported eerie sightings of 18-inch footprints resembling those of a human, but with a bizarre deer-like or wolf-like pattern. The chilling tale of Portlock's disappearance extends beyond its boundaries. More than 10 locations across Alaska have reported Bigfoot-like sightings, suggesting that the mystery entity may be a roaming traveler with a penchant for the uncharted. As darkness shrouds the history of Portlock, its deserted streets and empty homes stand as a haunting testament to the inexplicable. The unanswered questions that haunt Portlock will continue to fuel curiosity and fear for generations to come. Yeah, this is so strange that people just had all these reports of, I, I guess, missing people, dead people, and finally they just had the end of it and just, and just abandoned this little town there. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I want to look at this next article as we talk about these missing people, 20,000 missing people since 1970 in Alaska. Now, I found this site called brfro.net, and they actually list um, like actual first-person encounters with Bigfoot. And you can go here and take a look at them at the Buy Me a Coffee website. I'll put the links up and this one here this accounts from 2004 says season winter month february state alaska county anchorage county it says uh location details up near power line clearings east of potter marsh and anchorage nearest town anchorage slash hillside no real roads in the area observed i and two of my friends were bored one night so we decided to do a little snow machining Though it was illegal to snow machine in Anchorage, there were some good trails to ride on a little north of my house. We took off probably 11 p.m., rode up the road about a quarter mile, and cut off on the trails. It had snowed about 10 inches a few days before, so there was fresh snow with no tracks. I was leading the way for about a half hour. When we stopped and talked for a little bit, we took off again and kept cruising on some sort of game trail that led to an opening in the woods. I rode off in the opening with my friends, following about 50 yards behind me. I came over this little mound and saw strange tracks leading to the spot in the snow where it looked like something had pushed aside some snow and laid down. I figured it was just a moose or something, but I followed the tracks over the next hill 
and as I came down the far side, my headlight pointed right on the back of a Bigfoot. It was only about 10 to 12 feet in front of me. It was running in the opposite direction. I slammed on the brakes because I was scared out of my mind. It continued to run away, jumped over a dead log in snow, and disappeared into a group of trees into the darkness. I was so surprised and scared, I quickly turned around and rode back to my friends. I met them back by the first mound and said, we need to get out of here, and rode back towards my house. When I told about it back near my house, they laughed and told me it was probably a bear or someone in the woods. But I was 100% positive this was not a bear or anything else. The way it was running through the deep snow made me sure it wasn't anything human. For a long time, I was made fun of, and everyone told me I was crazy, so I didn't like talking about it. Then he goes on and says, Also, I noticed some tracks in the snow and a clearing in fresh snow where it looked like a large animal had pushed snow aside and laid down. Other witnesses, my two friends were snow machining behind me but did not see it. It had been light outside. If it had been light outside, they may have seen it, but it was pitch black outside. My only light was from my snow machine. Wow, this fellow says they've heard a lot of it. They've heard of a lot of incidents around Anchorage, and of course, the sighting was around midnight. That is fascinating. I just can't imagine being out there uh, on my snowmobile up in Alaska like that, and coming on, coming upon a Bigfoot just practically face to face, or I guess lucky for him, face to back. Now, this is another account of one of these Bigfoot sightings, and it's from the same area in Alaska, in Anchorage County. Uh, the date on this, it says, is 2003, month December. The experiencer says, Me and a couple of friends had been bored when I decided we should take a walk through the woods behind my house. I didn't think much of it, as me and my friends have done it many times before. There were four of us, and we set out at about 11 o'clock at night. It was rather dark, but there was light from the moon. The weather was rather cold, as we did this in the winter. The area we walked on was game trails, trails that moose walk on, as well as trails used for mushers, runners, cross-country skiers, and that sort. We had walked about two miles from my house to another entrance where most people enter. On the way, we reached the bridge where most people come in. One friend had smoked a cigarette. We saw a light and decided to go on. On the way back, we heard wild dogs barking wildly and decided to pick up the speed. It eventually became a sprint. Whereafter, we walked. When we walked, we continued talking about it. It was then I realized something had been following us, as well as testing us or even harassing us. It was much earlier. I just didn't think about it. I had thought it was my friend Warren, who was sometimes clumsy. I thought it was him who had made noises such as slipping, but it was really something throwing stuff at us. I had realized this about halfway back. I asked if Warren kept slipping when he told me he he wasn't, and he thought I would could even be playing a prank. We stopped for a minute to listen when I told the others something strange was going on. We stopped and shone a flashlight around, hearing noises such as steps and branches moving and breaking. The leader had thought I had been playing a joke when I told him seriously I wasn't. He decided to walk behind me. When something threw snowballs, and nearly hit us on many occasions. It was then he realized that this was no joke, and we picked up a light jog for most of the way. When we were almost out of the woods, we had again heard dogs, and maybe 20 feet away, the branches breaking, and again something throwing stuff at us. By the time we left, it was about 3 or 3.30 in the morning. I did not go directly to my house because I didn't know if it was still following us. 
I know this was not a prank because the snow is more than five feet deep in the woods and someone would have an extremely hard time trying to play a prank like that. Wow. It says, also notice we smelled, we smelled of cologne and aftershaved and one of them smoked. Well, possibly these Bigfoot or whatever it was were picking up the smell from these guys. Now, this Bigfoot encounter says that it happened in the summer, July to be precise. Of course, it's Alaska and the county is Fairbanks County, which this would be a ways further north in Anchorage. It says location details, the intersection of Auburn and Farmer's Loop is about one to, one to a half mile of the, of the University of Fairbanks campus. You should be able to find it on Google Maps easily. Nearest town, Fairbanks. Nearest road, Auburn Drive, a mile north of Farmer's Loop. Now it says, observed, it was the month of July 2009 in Fairbanks, Alaska. I was heading south on Auburn Drive toward Farmer's Loop, which was about one mile away. It is a wooded area frequented by homes and in general would be considered a populated area. Houses are on an average of about 100 to 200 feet apart with only the general area around and close to the homes cleared out. Most of the area by far is wooded. It was the section of the road where it passes by Pearl Creek Elementary School. The school can be seen through the woods. Some of the woods in the area are quite thick and in some places can't be seen into more than 10 or 15 feet. But in this area, it had apparently been cleaned out quite a bit, and sight lines into the section of the siding were very open. The school and vegetable garden could be seen off to the right from the road I was on. It was about 6 p.m., and I was heading home after a day of working on a deck I was building. The weather was clear, with the sun high in the sky. As I was driving, I happened to notice a man, quote-unquote, standing by the right side of the road about 100 yards ahead. It was more of an unconscious recognition. There's nothing unusual about a man standing on the side of the road in this area. As I got to, with, as I got to within about 50 yards, I looked closer. That's no man, I said to myself. I, I was alone in the car. Shortly after that, one or two seconds, he bolted into the woods toward the school. He did it like a wild animal would do if spooked. I didn't slow down until I got to the place where I saw him go into the woods, which is where I stopped. I could see him running away from the road, and when he was in the woods about 30 yards or so, he turned left and was now running parallel to the road in the same direction I was heading. I got a good look at him, but not his face. I could have probably seen his face had I not been so mesmerized and had the presence of mind to look at it. I was busy noticing other things. His fur or hair looked to be about three to four inches all over the main part of his body. It was a reddish, rusty color. I was mildly struck by how red it was, but definitely had some rustiness to it. He was about six feet tall and looked to weigh about 200 pounds. He ran with a strange, hoppy kind of run. It wasn't a limp. With the one foot he pushed off with, it was more of a normal running move, but the other foot he pushed off with, it propelled him upward, about a foot or less, and forward. I watched him until he disappeared into the woods. There was a road about 100 yards ahead and I took off to get to it so I could turn right and in 20 yards turn right again to the road that led to the school parking lot. So the wooded area he was in was sort of a peninsula and he seemingly had to be in there somewhere. The woods I was looking into from that angle were quite thick and I didn't see him and haven't seen him since. A little farther up on the right was a school garden that had people in it around 7 to 10, which I'm now sorry I didn't stop to go talk to. 
about what I saw. The next day I was driving into work on the deck. I naturally slowed down in the area I saw him, stopped actually, and was surveying the area when a couple walking their dogs were approaching. I flagged them down and told them the story about what happened the evening before, and they told me that about a week before they were with their dogs and were on the way and were on the way to the other side of the school property by the soccer field, and three kids came running over to them saying, Did you see the Sasquatch? Did you see the Sasquatch? They also said that what appeared to be a dad was with them who didn't seem too excited about it. My conclusion to whether it was real or not is summed up by saying it was either real or there was a man in a very, very convincing costume. I reported it to the Fish and Game office in Fairbanks a couple days later. The person was taking the report was sort of rolling his eyes through the whole thing as he seemed to be as he seemed to be writing it down on a piece of scrap paper. I even had to ask him to take my phone number just in case. Yeah, well, that's a problem. Sometimes people report these things and they just aren't taken seriously. In doing the research for this podcast, it just seems like Alaska, because it's so far away, because of the fact that only, what, 1% of its landmass is even populated, so few people in this huge area, that even though there are 20,000 people missing there since 1970, there doesn't seem to be any level of concern about this. I noticed it there when I was there 30 years ago. It just seemed like almost routine. Pictures posted, you know, this person's missing, that person's missing. Maybe they'll look a few days, just like the guy said, and then they're just forgotten about. It would be the perfect place uh, for somebody to be assaulted by a Bigfoot or abducted by a UFO because there's so much underreporting. And you'll find that when you look for these Bigfoot reports or UFO reports online about Alaska, you might as well be looking for reports from South America because it seems like these sort of things are severely underreported in this area. And I don't know if that's just because of the small population size or because people just don't avail themselves of social media to really, media to really talk about these things. It's clear to me that in Alaska, we have all the stuff going on with the missing people, with the Bigfoot sightings, with the UFO uh, sightings. You know, had one shot down there for crying out loud. But the fact is, it looks to me like the stuff is not being reported. And it looks to me that we have a culture there of people just not really talking about things like this outside of their own social circles. We've kind of seen that in reports. Even these young people that saw these Bigfoots or the people that spotted these UFOs are afraid to talk about them. So... Yeah, there is something going on in Alaska. I can't put my thumb on it. But until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.